Did you guys draft both Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey in this past weekend's auction drafts in your fantasy leagues? Oh, no? Don't worry. I did. It's time for Garbage Time. Guys, welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football tonight. It is just myself, Joe, running solo on the podcast. So here we go, Heckling Fandom. Let's give you a little bit of a review about what happened in this past weekend's auction draft right after I got out of the BG, BDG3 tournament, which was a 20-round Superflex draft, which we will also review a little bit for you guys tonight. Also on the agenda tonight, they, we have training camp news and the general news from this past weekend to see how it affects your fantasy football teams, to see if we can help bring some enlightenment to your guys' fantasy teams with you guys being in your auctions in the upcoming week and right up to the upcoming season. Also on the agenda, too, is I wanted to bring to the attention to the heckling fandom that there is two apology bets that will be coming up. The first one will be JJ's apology for Deshaun Watson finally being suspended and not playing in week one. He lost that bet to Ron. And I unfortunately lost my bet to JJ saying that Mitch Trubisky would not be starting over Kenny Pickett. And that is simply not going to be the case. Mitch Trubisky will be starting over Kenny Pickett come week one. So very unfortunate for two of us, but two of us will be reading some apologies right before week one comes up. Also, we wanted to welcome Christian, the loudest member of our heckling fandom and the person that leaves the most amount of voicemails into our auction league. He drafted with us this past weekend. And Christian, we're going to have a great time watching you and JJ talk shit coming up to your week one matchup. So that'll be absolutely fantastic. Again, welcome to the winner, winner fantasy football league. We will go over your roster too when we, get that in the breakdown but guys without any further ado let's get into the news and see what we've got news updates all right guys if you like what you hear on youtube make sure to like and subscribe to the show too and if you want to listen to us in audio formats you can do that on apple spotify google pandora amazon iHeartRadio. tune in and anywhere else you get podcasts feel free to also visit us on www.garbagetimeff.com where you can leave us voice and hate mails and we will play them live on the show if we get them uh a little bit of other stuff to get out of the way before we get into the news too Next Wednesday is the Megala Bowl. So fantasy footballers, giant tournament style, just like the BDG3 tournament that we got out of this past Saturday. We will also be participating at that next Wednesday at 10 p.m. So feel free to tune in live to watch us draft that as well. So that'll be good to get into the show and expand the view of the Eckling fandom. And I hope to see you guys participating in that tournament as well. So first little bit of news we have for you guys tonight is obviously the most tragic news on the weekend is Brian Robinson's uh, status going into the season. Brian Robinson was shot during a carjacking this past weekend. 
So this is putting his status for fantasy football up in the air. Uh, and it's very interesting to see where people are currently drafting him because we absolutely know nothing about Brian Robinson right now. Um, listen, his head coach went to the hospital, visited him, said he was in good uh, spirits and that the injuries from the gunshots appear to be lower extremities um, and won't be affecting him for the entire season. So he is expected back at some point. But we got to ask ourselves, what is this going to do to the ADP of Antonio Gibson? And what are we, where are we currently going to draft him? Listen, Antonio Gibson is starting on special teams for the Washington Commanders now. So this is very concerning. What are they going to really do? Also, what does it do to J.D. McKissick? Honestly, if I'm looking at this current roster right now, I am just fading the whole position going into this week's drafts. I unfortunately do not want anything to do with Brian Robinson outside of a late round shot now. Uh, no pun intended, freaking awful situation he's going through. Um, and with Antonio Gibson, he's been a complete fade for me all offseason. I still do not want to touch him. I do not think he's going to be effective for fantasy football. And I think they're going to do weird things with J.D. McKissick in the upcoming year. So, you know, we got to watch the situation there. Um, pray for Brian Robinson. But uh, this is something I just do not want to touch for fantasy football outside of taking late round shots on him. Like if you're in a 20 round uh, super flex league late on maybe Brian Robinson. Some other news out there floating around is Cam Akers apparently cannot freaking walk. And during practice Monday was not walking very well. And this is something we have to watch because we don't know if Terrell Henderson is going to be healthy for week one, too. He's dealing with some soft tissue injuries. Um, he's been able to practice, get into games a little bit. But this is just something to evaluate, too, because the Rams have a very good running game. But with Akers... Still not practicing in week one, quickly getting here. He is a heavy fade for fantasy football. And Darrell Henderson is a favorite to start early in the season. So as we get further into the season, I believe this is still going to end up being a split backfield. But, you know, take a look at Kyron Williams late in your dynasty drafts. Uh, he's healthy right now. Someone that you could currently look at. Uh, and if these soft body issues with Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson act up, he could potentially get some time for you on the field in your dynasty league. So potentially consider him late in very, very deep formats. Next little bit of news I have for you guys tonight is Zach Wilson is walking around without a brace, but there was early reports out saying that he was practicing. That is simply not the case. And I still believe that Joe Flacco is going to end up starting for the New York Jets in week one. So if you were looking to start Zach Wilson in super flex formats, hold off on that. The coaches say that they're evaluating him on whether he could play for week one still but I still am fully believing that it is going to be Joe Flacco. So that is something that we can move on from. Darren Waller had supposed hamstring issues, but interestingly enough, came out on the internet yesterday and said that he was looking to hire a new agent and a very high profile agent. And then today, new contract came out for him. So what are we going to do with that? Was there actually any hamstring issues with Darren Waller, or was he just looking to protect himself before he got that new contract? There's been some bad narratives with Darren Waller going into this offseason. People have been afraid that he's going to lose some volume because of Devontae Adams coming to the team. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with these two and how they play into the dynamic of the Las Vegas Raiders. Very interesting dynamic. Currently, 
I still think I've got Waller down towards uh, tight end seven or eight coming into this upcoming season. He's someone I honestly just am not that impressed with coming into this year. Some people may be high on him. I'm just not one of those fantasy drafters that are. Ty Montgomery also uh, was let go by the New England Patriots. And this is potentially going to lead to a lot more third down work for Ramondre Stevenson and Damien Harris. Harris has kind of gone quietly under the radar this season. Well, Ramondre Stevenson has been talked up by the beat reporters of the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots uh, seem to be splitting that backfield and it appears that Damien Harris has kept that starting job, but everyone's being the drum for Ramondre to have that fantasy football outbreak this year. Um, so Ty Montgomery being released again is going to lead to some nice third down work for I think Harris this year. And we've seen Harris in the past. He's got a lot of passing potential. Uh, he can pass, the, he can catch the ball quite easily, and he's probably going to give Ramondre some run for his money here. I mean, Ramondre has all the talent in the world. Is the better outlook for a three-down running back, but I don't believe that's how New England's going to run it, at least early. So we'll see if the beat reporters are right, or if there's actually something to this fire here. One other point I wanted to bring up for the heckling fandom is Justin Fields during his last preseason game went 13 for 13 in three touchdowns. And JJ, I think, will absolutely freaking love this point. So we got to ask ourselves some questions here. Is Justin Fields potentially on the same level of Trey Lance, which people have been beating the drum of all offseason? Justin Fields in a lot of leagues is currently going undrafted, has the rushing upside that Trey Lance has, who's going to be starting for the 49ers. And the offense showed out pretty well in their preseason game. People have been really down talking that offense. So it's going to be very interesting to see where Justin Fields is going to go for fantasy football. Not only did we take him in the BDG3 Superflex League, but he's our second quarterback and we took him quite early. So um, JJ's been beating that drum all offseason for Justin Fields to be a good fantasy quarterback. And from what we're seeing, he potentially could be. It's going to be very interesting to see what he does for the Bears in this upcoming season. Something else notable from the Bears' last preseason game, too, is David Montgomery took 20 of 22 snaps for the Chicago Bears, and their backup took only two. So listen, go back and watch J.J.'s videos defending uh, David Montgomery to some of the, the best beat reporters out there and spectators. JJ's got great points on the video, and you can drop down right into our YouTube and watch it. His breakdown of David Montgomery's potential game for this upcoming season and why he could be a high-end running back two for your league is absolutely fantastic. So evaluate him in that running back dead zone as someone you can comfortably take in that fifth-round value if you need a running back two. Uh, also, De 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 Deontay Johnson's shoulder injury doesn't appear to be serious, which I believe is good for the Steelers because Deontay Johnson has shown in the past that even with average quarterback play from even someone like Mason Rudolph, he can still be pretty good for fantasy football. People are undercounting him, including myself this upcoming season. There's a lot of other wide receivers I like better than Deontay Johnson. So again, the Steelers are reporting here that his shoulder injury doesn't appear to be serious. So you can still probably currently look to take him in those 
in that current range where he's going between the fifth and seventh round. I like the upside of other wide receivers better than him. Um, Gabe Davis, potentially. It's just I think there's a lot better options out there than him. Well, Kamara, Alvin Kamara's box scores in the preseason games didn't necessarily look all of that great. He, he looked shifty during the game, too. So I'm still confident in Alvin Kamara being a top 10 running back this year. So, again, I think you can still comfortably look to take him at the back end of the first rounds and potentially look to steal him in the second rounds if you're looking to take one of those high-end wide receivers like Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson in your home leagues this year. Another notable thing from preseason games this past weekend, too, Christian Kirk got over 36% of the targets with the starting offense this year. So, again, this is another player that a lot of people are underrating and someone you could look at potentially in your fantasy drafts in this upcoming weekend. He could be absolutely peppered with targets. He's being looked at right now as a wide receiver three. In fantasy leagues, while he is the number one wide receiver, clearly for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who seem to be having great narratives going into this regular season. So while I still think the team's record is going to suck, I do think that Christian Kirk could be very sneaky for you for fantasy football, especially in PPR formats, um, potentially with wide receiver two upside. So we'll see what that ceiling really underlies for him. They gave him the bag, so they're obviously wanting to use him. We'll really see what they do with him this upcoming year. One more injury that I am concerned with and has kind of gone under the radar, feels around the fantasy universe, is Jalen Waddell is still dealing with a soft body injury, and he really has not practiced in three weeks. And the Dolphins are being a little bit coy about this. So I really think his week one status is very concerning. Um, and it could be up in the air. This could lead to potentially big weeks for Tyree Kill in week one. Could potentially look to play him in DFS in week one. But uh, if you're a Jalen Waddle owner or looking to draft him, keep up on these reports this week. Because this is something that can linger into the season. And with how prominent and how shifty Jalen Waddle is and on those short and intermediate routes, this is something he could be dealing with into the season, especially if he can't practice with it and could ultimately affect his game and could make him a disappointment for fantasy football this year. I'm still very high on him. I hope this is nothing, but we will have to see. All right, guys, let's move into some training camp notes. There were some very notable cuts, rumors, and people moving up the depth charts the last few days as teams assembled to their 53-man rosters. Uh, first, a little bit of notable news that I saw on Monday and I thought was very interesting for all of the Alexander Madison owners out there especially the ones that cuffed him to Delvin Cook. We're not talking about whether you should cuff him to Delvin Cook or not. There's many different variety of opinions in the fantasy football universe on that. But Alexander Madison was rumored to potentially be traded to 12 teams uh, on Monday. So this was very interesting and something we're going to have to evaluate over the next two years. Uh, next, um, my apology, the next two weeks, because if Alexander Madison, especially in your dynasty formats, got traded to someone like the Atlanta Falcons, he would instantly become a starter there and be very fantasy relevant. Every single time Alexander, Alexander Madison has touched the ball in the absence of Delvin Cook, he has filled in miraculously for him. So should he get moved for the Minnesota Vikings? Could be absolutely great for fantasy football. Should Delvin Cook go down? He's great for fantasy football. So all around 
Alexander Madison is someone that needs to be on many of your rosters and should be evaluated as a late round pick, especially if you punt the running back position. You'd be playing the narrative at that point that Delvin Cook could potentially go down or that Alexander Madison is traded. So you could find a way to get value out of Alexander Madison once again this year. Malik Willis is listed as the QB2 behind Ryan Tannehill. So this has kind of been an interesting strategy if you're going into these big league tournaments like I did in the BG, BDG3 tournament this past weekend where I took Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis is the kind of quarterback that could be maybe not very proficient his first year in the league, but could still be proficient for fantasy football just simply because of that running upside that he has. So I took the strategy in a 20-round draft of taking him in the 17th round and pairing him with my third QB in a Superflex league, Ryan Tannehill. And that's something you guys should evaluate, I think, if you've got that Superflex deep league. That's not a ton of formats, but if you have that, consider it because that upside, should they switch him out for Ryan Tannehill, could be tantalizing for your team in the second half of the year and differentiate 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 your teams if you get into those later weeks of those tournament style fantasy leagues the ravens have also signed Kenyon drake uh which is a little bit implementary of jk dobbins i think the first week listen gus edwards is already on the uh ir for the first four weeks mike davis and Kenyon drake i believe are going to be in for the low workload against the new york jets who had a sketchy running defense last year uh, this is a situation that you're going to have to evaluate for week one. But if you're really hurting at the position, you can probably take your shot here, I believe, with Mike Davis and potentially plug him in and get some running back upside against a bad New York Jets run defense as per last year, um, especially if J.K. Dobbins can't go. So you're going to have to evaluate that up until game time because I don't think you'll know whether he goes in week one right up until one o'clock. But you can plug probably Mike Davis right in there as your running back three, should that happen. Greg Dulcich, tight end of the Denver Broncos, has also been put on the pup. So he will be out for four weeks. So it is clear that Elver O has won that job. And if you're looking to stream a tight end, as some of the fantasy owners in our league, potentially Ryan Warner will be doing this year, you can throw him in your starting lineup and see how it goes. Um, I believe there's better options out there for him probably 10 to 12 better options. But, you know, if you want to shoot your shot with Alberto now, you don't have to worry about Greg Dolchitz coming in there and taking away the reps from him. So potentially look to do that. One of the biggest things I wanted to talk about tonight is the fact that Damian Pierce is clearly, clearly the number one running back for the Houston Texans now. This has been confirmed by the fact that they just caught Marlon Mack today and it is believed that Rex Burkhead is going to be taking the third down role for Damon Pierce. And interestingly enough, his ADP over the last week has risen from the 10th and gone as far as the sixth round where he was taken in, in my BDG3 draft this past weekend. I was hoping to sneak him in the seventh round and he rose so high to the point where I wasn't even able to take him in that range. He may, in some home leagues, come as high as the fourth round. People are really eating him up right now, and he seems to be the preseason darling up to this point. I don't think he'll get up there as high as Brees Hall, but he's the next rookie running back to come off the board and is going to be taking very high in your guys' drafts. You're not going to be able to sneak him off the board. If you want to take him 
in the upcoming drafts this week, you're going to have to take them early and call your shots on them. Tyler Johnson was waived from the Bucks, and Russell Gage is still hurt. Why I'm bringing this up is because I believe it's going to be indicative of Julio Jones getting a lot of work for the Bucks in the first few weeks before Chris Godwin comes back. Apparently, Kelvin Ridley, my apologies, not Kelvin Ridley, <laughs> Julio Jones, his previous teammate, who now is on the Bucks, has been creating quite a chemistry with Tom Brady. And Tom Brady likes to create that chemistry with veteran wide receivers. And it, with someone as talented as Julio Jones was at one point, that veteran savviness could, could kick in and Julio Jones could be someone that you could take and with your last two picks in your drafts and get nice value for him as the early wide receiver too for the Buccaneers in this upcoming year. Uh, the Chiefs have also released Josh Gordon and Ronald Jones has made the 53-man roster behind Pacheco, who's currently now in front of him. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is currently the starter there, but I think we're going to see a running back by committee with the Chiefs. And honestly, I don't know if any of these guys are going to be highly valuable. The only one that's really kind of catching my eye in the later rounds is Pacheco. Just from the interest that he's got a later ADP and you could actually get some value there. Jimmy G also restructured his contract, so he will be staying with the 49ers for the upcoming season. That probably gives Trey Lance a little bit shorter of a leash should they start losing. So we'll have to see if Trey Lance remains a starter for the remainder of the season because it seems like the 49ers are now doubling down on having that insurance policy for the upcoming year. The Panthers also traded for LaVisca Chenault, and Trey Sermon is running with a two of the 49ers for what that is worth because God knows what the 49ers will do when it comes week one to that backfield. Absolutely hard to always know what they're going to do. All right, guys, without some further ado, let's go over these rosters from the auction league, and uh, I'll let you know what happened. So let's bring up that screen. All right, so what we're looking at here is the auction draft from the past weekend. And first team I want to go over is mine. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, yeah, I ended up with two tight ends this year. My two keepers for this year were Mark Andrews, and Hollywood Brown. So I was able to get Mark Andrews very cheap in our auction league. I kept him for, I believe, let's see. Yeah, Delvin Cook's on my team, but that doesn't matter. I'm trying to highlight my team. There we go. We're not. Technical difficulties. So yeah, I was able to get Mark Andrews for $21. As a decent keeper in my auction league, and I wanted to uh, have that high-end tight end. But as you can see, highlighted right below him, too, I was trying to drive up the price of Travis Kelsey to get some of the wide receivers in this auction draft. That strategy did not work, and I got stuck with him. But I don't hate the build of my team. I don't think it's too bad. My team started off with Joe Burrow at $14, someone who was league winning at the end of last year, and I think is an interesting addition to my team. I then have Delvin Cook, $60, a little bit expensive, but I've had Delvin Cook on my team for the last few years. There's no way in this auction draft I wasn't walking away with him. I think he's got top three wide receiver upside, running back upside this year. And with a new head coach bringing that Rams system in, 
he's going to get a lot of passing work. So look for him to be a nightmare for opposing fantasy teams. Next, I took Brees Hall. It's got to be the homer pick for you. I'm a Jets fan, so I took him at $27. Marquise Halloween-Brown was my keeper at 6 Adam Thielen has also been talked up by the Minnesota Vikings as a red zone target. Got him at $5 in my auction draft. Robert Woods at $3, which I think is a hell of a value. He's the number one wide receiver for the Titans this year in a offense that's going to have a little bit of a downturn. But, you know, there's not much else on, on that team on the outside, and they've got to throw to someone. And Robert Woods was looking very good for fantasy football before he went down. Here's where I got very heavy at the positions. As I said, Mark Andrews was my keeper. Travis Kelsey is someone I got stuck with. But listen, I could always either trade him away, which could be interesting, fill up this wide receiving core a little bit, maybe get a running back out of it. Or I could put one of these two in my flex and see how it rolls in week one. I've never played with a strategy. It's not a strategy I would advise anyone to do, but hey, it's my home league. Maybe I'll give it a shot and see how it goes. Um, right under that, in my flex spot too, I was able to get A.J. Dillon at $13. I think he's someone that could be a high-end running back, too. There is a lot, big lack of wide receivers for the Packers this year. I think A.J. Dillon could get a lot of rushing work on first and second down and be a good value for your team. After that, I took Rashad Penny, who could potentially be the number one running back for the Seattle Seahawks this year. I just need him to stay healthy. Over the last six weeks last year, we saw him be in the top three running backs all six weeks, he was actually playing for the CLC Hawks. So, fingers crossed. I'm hoping he stays healthy. I'm hoping he holds off the rookie on his team, and I can get some nice value on him. Rounding out the bottom of my roster, I took Jameis Winston as my backup option at QB. He's got some nice weapons on the outside. Was doing decent for fantasy football for the injury. I took a shot on Kadarius Tony. We saw what he did in the one game last year. Took him at two dollars in our auction league. Jalen Tolbert at one dollar, potentially the number. Two wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. I told people earlier in, the, in this episode to see what you can do with Julio Jones. I got him for a dollar, and I think he could actually pay off for me. And I rounded out my roster with James Robinson for a buck and Isaiah McKenzie. All right, let's go to another podcast host roster over here. Let's go over to Ryan Warner. So Ryan Warner started his team off by taking Dak Prescott at $15. So he values him in a similar value as I do with Joe Burrow. He has Austin Eckler for $52. He was one of his keepers. Eckler had an insane amount of touchdowns last season. I believe at 20 combined passing and rushing. So keeping him at $52 is a high bargain, uh, but one he's willing to take. Jonathan Taylor is his next keeper for this year. Listen, he got him at a low price last season, and there's no way he's not walking away with him at $11 at a $200 valuation in this auction league. He next has Terry McLaurin as his wide receiver one at $23. Brandon Cooks, who I think is always underrated every single year in fantasy football at $15. He has Jerry Judy, Kyle Pitts at $20. $8, so he got himself one of those top-tier tight ends. Ramondre Stevenson, because he's a damn homer, just like I am. So we're honoring out that roster with him at $9. Michael Thomas took a shot with him on $9, even though Michael Thomas is coming up limp with injuries. Bucks defense. Tom Brady is his backup QB at 6 He's got Allen Robinson in that flex spot at 
Allen Robinson is potentially a number one wide receiver, even as a number two wide receiver on the Rams for fantasy football this year. That's how much volume they could get if that shoulder holds up for Matt Stafford. Next on the roster, he has Traylon Burks at $2. His backup tight end is Herb Smith, who is kind of interesting because he's coming back from injury, and his status for week one is kind of up in the air, but I really like his upside for this upcoming year. Devontae Parker at a dollar. James Washington, who, who he has already cut and started adding other people to his roster. And then Jamal Williams running back from Detroit. He routed out his roster with. Next up is the original host of Garbage Time Fantasy Football, Ron Seymour, who as a bastard got to keep Debo Samuel at $7 and Justin Jefferson at $6. So was able to spend up his $200 valuation for this upcoming year in the winter winter league very well. Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback at $22. Saquon Barkley at $54, his homer pick, him being a Giants fan. He then had to pay up for Ezekiel Elliott. The problem with this and why he had to pay up on these two running backs is, is because he waited a little bit and tried to take some other players. And these were the ones that were left over because a lot of wide receivers were kept in our auction league this year. And this is the position that people needed to fill out. So they went furious and fast. So Elliott went a little bit on the higher end with $40 and Barkley was definitely paid up for on 54 who on this podcast, some of these hosts, including myself believe that Saquon has that top five upside again this year because he's two years removed from the ACL and the giants seem to be privy on using him the correct way this year. So it'll be very interesting to see where he goes. And if that $54 is actually going to be a great value for him in this league, as I already stated, Debo Samuel, Justin Jefferson, and Cortland Sutton at $27. Absolutely disgusting for the rest of the league that he's got those three wide receivers. He's got Austin Hooper for a dollar for his tight end position, so he punted the position in favor of getting higher values for the position at the other ends of his roster. He then took David Montgomery, who I already talked up on this episode at $24, took a shot on rookie Sky Moore, has the Chargers defense, Chris Olave, who he's been talking up a little bit, at $4. Darrell Henderson, which could be a great pickup at $2 should Cam Akers miss time. And, man, it really looks like he can miss week one. Then he's got Kenneth Walker at 3 Marquez Valdez-Scantling at 3 Brian Robinson at $1, seeing if he'll come back, hopefully, at a speedy recovery. Jahan Doxson for a dollar, taking a shot on the rookie wide receiver for the Washington Commanders who has been compared to Tyreek Hill at some points because of his speed, but we really haven't seen what he can do yet, but worth the shot at the end of a roster. And then Williams. Lastly, let's pull over to JJ's roster, which is just absolutely insane from what we're saying. His homer pick is Justin Fields at $5, who could be very good for fantasy football this year. I think we're all starting to grow to that acclimation. He then took Aaron Jones at an average running back price in our auction draft at $37. Nick Chubb at $33. And then his two keepers were absolutely insane of where he kept them for. He got CeeDee Lamb at $6. Michael Pittman, who could potentially be a wide receiver one breakout this year at $6. He was able to spend up on T. Higgins, who he thinks can be a wide receiver one, 
right across from his teammate with the Cincinnati Bengals at $27. He then dipped back into the Bears' homerism well and took Cole Komet at $6. Paid up way more than I would have for A.J. Brown at $45. But, hey, he believes in him. And if you believe in him, you spend up on him in auction-style drafts, and he did at $45. And it is absolutely insane to think his fifth wide receiver is D.K. Metcalf, which Geno Smith is now going to be starting for the Seattle Seahawks, which is a much better outlook than it is for Drew Locke starting with that team. D.K. Metcalf had some valuable games with Geno Smith playing for him last year. So as your fifth wide receiver, absolutely incredible in this league. Next, he took the Bears defense, J.K. Dobbins for $6. Al Lazard is also on his roster, so the number one wide receiver for the Packers at four. Hunter Renfro at two. Uh, Zade, uh, Darius White at $2. Alexander Madison, who could potentially be a starter should he get traded in the next few days. I believe he got for $2, and he finished out his roster with Isaiah Pacheco and Rondell Moore taking a shot on those guys. And as I said here, guys, I uh, I wanted to highlight the newest member of the Winner Winner Auction League really quick and go over Christian's roster for you guys. So let's see how Christian did in his first auction draft. His team included Lamar Jackson for $20 at the top, Alvin Kamara for $41. I think a pretty decent value for him there. He took Cam Akers, a little bit worried about this pick, but got him at a lower valuation of $15, so I see what he did there. His keepers are excellent, uh, but a little pricey on Tyree Kill at $44. We'll see if he gets great value with him with Jay Lowell still kind of nursing an injury in week one. Cooper Cup at $27 is absolutely insane, though. So, Christian, great keeper you have on that team right there. His third wide receiver is Chris Godwin at $9. He then has Mike Secchi at $1. Tony Pollard is seven, Tyler Boyd at three, which if there's an injury to Chase or his counterpart Higgins, he can be in for a lot of work. And we saw that when one of those was banged up last year. He then went with the Packers defense. Russell Wilson is $7 for his backup QB. Gabe Davis to play his flex, which he's been getting hype all offseason. He then has Miles Sanders for $3 as his next running back. He's going with Melvin Gordon in a split backfield for $2, which is a good value. Spiller, who has now been demoted to the fourth running back on the Los Angeles Chargers roster, who we all believed in and just appears to not be showing out for the Los Angeles Chargers at this current time. Jacoby Myers, who is sneaky at $2, and he finished out his roster with someone the whole garbage time fantasy football crew was big on last year, Tyler Higby, and who we really – did not want to take this year. So, Christian, you can have him. All right. Just wanted to highlight a few things, too, on the BDG3 draft in this past weekend. I know I kind of went down the roster with you guys this past weekend, but just wanted to give you another shot to look at it. Our team, and this was the 20-round Superflex League, started with Russell Wilson, Jamar Chase, Justin Fields. You're welcome, JJ. Debo Samuel. David Montgomery, so really going into that bear as well. A.J. Dillon, Elijah Mitchell, Ryan Tannehill, Alan Lazard, Woods for Tennessee, Kadarius Toney, Everett, Tolbert, Zadarius White, Irv Smith, Hooper, Malik Willis, Gus Edwards, 
Williams for the Rams, who I already brought up earlier on this episode, and Isaiah likely as the last pick because you know you got to throw a flyer on one of those uh, people who are showing out in training camp and at the tight end position for the Baltimore Ravens. Who knows? Maybe he gets in those two tight end sets and does something for fantasy football. And I wanted to differentiate myself in a twelve. Uh, round league. So one more thing I wanted to highlight before we got out of here is how early Damon Pierce went in this draft. And you guys are going to be seeing him rise in the upcoming weeks. So let's see where he got taken. I remember it was quite early. So bear with me for just a second. We'll see where he got taken. I believe it was a fifth or sixth round. It was very early. And here he is right here at the sixth three. So this is the current area you are going to be looking to take Damon Pierce. He has risen from the 12th round to the 10th round, and within three to four days is up to the sixth round. So do not be shocked if in your upcoming drafts this weekend, you see him taken in the fourth or fifth round. Running backs, especially starting running backs, are highly valuable. I mean, would we really be shocked if he was taken above this rookie right here? Not in some leagues, not especially if you find people who believe in that kind of player. All right, guys. This was an abridged episode of Garbage Time Fantasy Football. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we will be getting back to you with some more content in the upcoming weeks. Make sure to like and subscribe to the show if you like what you hear on YouTube. We are also at www.garbagetimeff.com. You can listen to us in audio formats at Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Make sure to leave us five-star reviews if you happen to listen to us on Spotify or Apple. We'd absolutely love that. If you want to scream at us about any of the advice you get on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, you can do that at the website with the voicemails or at Garbage Time Fantasy Football on Instagram. Or you can also do that on Twitter and go talk to DayJ on Twitter at garbage underscore time FF. Without further ado, guys, hope you guys have a great night. Hope you enjoyed the review of our leagues and help, hope this helps you with your drafts this upcoming week. See you in the Megala Bowl next Wednesday at 10.